2020 has been a very challenging year, I think we can all agree. And for many organizations, it was made even more difficult because they were struggling to adjust to the pandemic and the lockdowns and enable their workforce to work from home efficiently and smoothly, while also maintaining employee morale and employee culture. So if you're one of these organizations or if you personally have had a bit of a difficult time adjusting to this situation, then this podcast episode is definitely worth a listen. It has been a great privilege and honor to have Mona Malone on this podcast. She has been leading the uh, transformation and adaptation of BMO Financial Group to work from remote locations for over 45,000 employees across uh, a number of countries. Mona Malone is Chief Human Resources Officer and Head of People and Culture for BMO Financial Group. As a member of the bank's executive committee, she leads and shapes their efforts to fuel their growth strategy with their most valuable asset, the people. In this role, she is accountable for the people and culture agenda at BMO, which includes human resources, corporate communications, the office of the chief executive officer, BMO Quebec, and the bank's corporate university, BMO IFL. Uh, Mona has held roles in human resources and in the business for over 20 years at BMO. Um, She started her career at retail banking, sales leader at BMO, and then progressed through a number of different positions to her role um, now as Chief Human Resource Officer and Head of People and Culture. So again, this has been a great podcast episode to, to record. It has been a great privilege to have Mona on, and I'm sure that you will be able to take away a lot of great insights and also very practical tools and approaches to support your organization in transitioning to this new world of work, which is more flexible and perhaps a little bit more remote as well. Welcome to another episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Each week we bring you an inspiring guest to help you discover the new world of work and learn how your organization can reach its full potential. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time with us today. To find out more about the Work Life Hub, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Thank you very much, Mona, for joining me on this podcast conversation. Um, As we saw, you know, 2020 is almost coming to an end and it has been uh, an unprecedented year, at least for our generation. And definitely at the beginning of the year in the spring 2020, a lot of organizations were thrust into the deep end of the pool of teleworking with an unprecedented shift to remote work. So um, I, we have read a number of articles and, and interviews about uh, BMO and how you implemented this large-scale work-from-home arrangement for, the, for basically the entire workforce. Would you mind taking listeners through the steps on, on how this decision has been made and, and what were maybe some of the, the biggest milestones of, of just shifting the workforce to home-based working? Thanks, Agnes. When COVID hit first in our Asian operations in January and then more significantly in North America in March, we very rapidly moved um, 30,000 employees to work from home and had about 15,000 that were still working in branches and work sites serving, um, serving customers. 
the way that we approached it is really thought about our pandemic response in three phases. The first phase was mobilize and protect. The second phase was sustain and adapt. And the third phase is really winning in the new normal. Safeguarding our employees was one of the biggest and most important aspects of the first phase, while also providing continuity of banking services for our retail, business, and institutional clients. We had uh, over 15,000 frontline employees working at BMO locations and focusing on providing health and safety precautions, physical distancing, installing plexiglass shields at our teller wickets, and implementing um, deep cleaning of our facilities were all examples of things that we pivoted to very quickly. But for the other 30,000 employees, it was shifting to a work from home model um, with significant um, uh, technology support. And so over the course of a few days, we mobilized to be able to have full technology support for these 30,000 employees working from home um, with their technology. But from a human perspective, we recognized that employees were worried. They were struggling with a great deal of uncertainty, not just in their work lives, but in their home lives. We created a, a parallel hub of communication for managers um, and for employees so that they had information that they needed. We called it the response hub. And um, as the pandemic progressed, we expanded the response hub to include wellness, mental health resources, tools for managers on how to manage remote teams. We invited employees both in the office and working remotely to participate in conference calls and video calls with health experts to understand and to be informed about the pandemic and COVID-19 um, and to be able to give them confidence in the safety precautions that we were putting in, um, in place. We also rolled out a virtual health app globally to all of our employees. And this allowed people to um, not have to go into clinics or hospital if they had conditions with family members or children, for example. And this um, was a huge positive uh, employee benefit that, uh, that our workforce really valued at this, uh, at this time. On the technology side, we rolled out Microsoft Teams and, um, and a number of practice sessions so people were proficient in terms of using the communication and, uh, and overcoming, uh, overcoming bumps. So it was not only a technology rollout, it was really about making sure people felt proficient in using Microsoft Teams. And we had super users that were coaching and helping teams um, along, along the way. And, um, you know, when I think about this, pre-pandemic, it would have taken months to plan the launch of, um, of a technology tool like rolling out Microsoft Teams to over um, 45,000 people. But as other companies have discovered, COVID-19 has really acted as a kind of uh, innovation accelerator. And what happened is everything was happening much faster than it would have if we weren't um, that we were if we weren't in a pandemic. Um, and now what we're really turning ourselves to is thinking about um, what happens as people can return to office environments. And for us, it's not about going back to the way things used to be. I think there has been a disruption 
And as with any large market disruption, it's an opportunity for change, right? And that's kind of how we're seeing it at BMO. We've had nine months to um, to adapt to different things and to um, be able to be productive in a different environment. And I think as we look to what comes, thinking about more hybrid work models will be really important. And we're going to test and learn um, different approaches that will have some people in the office, some people in um, in a home environment, and some, you know, uh, uh, sometimes at home, sometimes at work. And that's what we mean by hybrid. But what's really informing this are some key principles, which are diversity and inclusion, productivity, and a continual test and learn approach. And by diversity, I mean making sure that we're not leaving segments of the population out based on the choices we're making, either because they have underlying health conditions and they're not able to return to the office or that they're coping with childcare issues. On a productivity, it's thinking about making sure that irrespective of what somebody's role is, that they can actually be high performing given the work environment that, um, that we're creating. And when we think about test and learn, you know, we're, we're really, um, there's no playbook for this. And so trying things, learning from it, thinking about it through these three dimensions and continuing to iterate. Thank you very much. This is such great insight and, and I appreciate and thank you very much for sharing this so, so generously. I, I pick up on a number of things, for example, what you just said at the end on there's no playbook for it and, and having the test and learn. I think that is already such a great message to employees that this is new for everyone. We're, we're in this together and it's okay to maybe make mistakes or to be a little bit slower on the, on the tasks because this is something we're on the learning journey together. So I really appreciate that. So you also mentioned that um, BMO is going to be exploring a hybrid way of working in the future. So some employees will work permanently from home, some from the office and some part-time in the office and part-time at home. According to you, Mona, what are the critical success factors for managing such a large distributed workforce working from home uh, and not just for um, a short term, but but for long term. Yeah, that's that's a very good question, and uh, I think that is really a question that many companies are thinking about and quite honestly struggling with. Because while we have nine months of experience working in a remote um, environment due to the pandemic, it's very different to think about doing it on a sustained basis. And here's some of the ways that we're, that we're thinking about it. One is to really understand the nature of work people are doing and when it matters that you're physically together. For example, you know, when you're trying to orient a new member to the team, it might be important um, as part of that early tenure, early onboarding, that they have some face-to-face -face time with colleagues. Also, when you think about a new manager taking over a team, that may also be one of those times. Or when a team is really trying to whiteboard and innovate and collaborate. And so we're thinking about it in terms of um, events, in terms of people's um, uh, employment experience, but also the type of work. We're also building tools, um, and we've called it the New Ways of Working Guide, 
to really um, help managers and employees think about uh, how to work effectively when you're in a remote environment, um, how you use the tools, how you take advantage of the resources, how you make sure you have inclusive um, uh, management practices in terms of hearing different people's perspectives. Um, all of these things are, are going into it. And I think um, what's also important related to this question you're asking is when you think about mobilizing a hybrid work environment, it's not people coming and going when they want. It is a highly coordinated um, experience, which involves um, technology and tools. As you think about navigating which office seat somebody's sitting in one day to the next, how you're utilizing the capacity that you have, um, how you're continuing to build proficiency, because it doesn't mean everyone will be in the office or everyone will be at home. So how you use those collaboration tools throughout your day and making sure that people are really proficient with them um, is really uh, is really important. So there are there are a lot of things that are both technology, process, um, and cultural that come into I think really making this effective over time. Thank you very much. I think that's that's really really great uh, great advice there. Um, I especially like that you said that this is a highly coordinated experience, that this is not a free-for-all and, and nobody knows when to expect colleagues or where they can be, but, but there needs to be a coordination. I think that's a key word for me in this answer. Um, but we know that working from home on a longer-term basis uh, doesn't come naturally to everyone. And we also know that this may be quite challenging, actually, for middle managers who are a little bit stuck between a hard place and a rock. They need to report, they need to ensure performance, but they also need to understand the the homework situation of, of their employees, be it child care, elder care, um, young people living together in the same place. Um, so they need to also have had to accelerate their uptake of the skills of managing distributed teams. And, and I know that the BMO has put in place uh, um, tools and supports for managers and team leaders. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about that? On on what were your what was your approach, and and what can maybe others learn learn from this? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I think there's a couple principles that are really important here. One is flexibility. You know, each person's situation has been different, and um, great managers know their employees and they have candid conversations and um, they're conscious of, of um, considerations that need to be taken based on the employee. We have individuals that are juggling um, homeschooling with their, um, with their children, elder care, um, or um, just stress and concern because of the pandemic and health concerns for a loved one or for themselves. Um, there's also an increase in terms of mental health and isolation. And so, um, you know, being open to have conversations and check in with employees, not just on the output of the work they're doing, but really how they're doing um, is really important. So the sense of really human conversations as part of the coaching and the check base that managers are doing with employees is, is key. 
BMO started from a place of strength here. We had uh, global leading engagement with our employees and uh, high strength in the manager's spine. But boy, this really created um, a new challenge for managers uh, across, across our organization. And I'll share with you a few stories, real tangible stories of what managers were doing. You know, um, in, in some of our teams where there were professionals at home balancing childcare and homeschooling, um, they actually encouraged their employees to put in their calendar at the time that they were blocked because, you know, couples would trade off spending the morning or the afternoon overseeing young children, and then they would continue their workday into the evening. And being adaptable in terms of when people could be doing their work became an important consideration, so flexibility. The second thing was um, how to celebrate really important times in employees' careers. So an example here was we ha- we've had over the nine months retirements of employees that have had 40-year careers with, um, with BMO Financial Group. And I've just been amazed at the creativity and um, personalization of these celebrations. And I want to share with you two examples. One of our commercial managers in Chicago um, organized a drive-by honk for an employee Mm. that was retiring after 40 years. And employees came in their car and did a drive-by honk for the employee as she picked up her things from from the office. It was so touching that the local media picked up the story and uh, it was so personal. Uh, Another example was a manager that held a Microsoft Teams virtual retirement for an individual. And um, they had different employees tell stories about that employee's um, career. And we did a virtual trivia using an online tool about the history of the person's career. It was fun, it was touching, and it was personal. And so the sense of adaptation and innovation, um, but also what hasn't changed is the importance of human connection, celebrating important milestones, and recognizing people. And then you also mentioned a point about productivity, which is really important. We are in the business of serving customers. Um, making sure continuity of banking has been provided and we are meeting our customers' needs at a time of great uncertainty. And um, we've had more customer outreaches in our business banking, in our commercial and in our wealth management area than we had pre-COVID. Our account teams have been proactively calling customers. And so for those roles, we've really been watching the metrics that tell us that those specific roles are productive and making sure that people's technology tools are working, that we're listening to what's getting in the way and that we're um, solving, removing barriers so that those teams can be as productive as possible in serving customers. And for us, the ultimate metric of this is our net promoter score. And this year we actually saw an increase in many of our businesses in terms of our customer loyalty metrics, which is just phenomenal because being able to be there for our customers through this very, very unique year um, is is what it's all about. Absolutely. And, and I think what you're saying is so true for 
also the customers that they have also gone through are still going through anxiety and health issues and 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 many of whom may have lost their jobs or were worried about their savings or their money simply or how can they best uh, protect their assets protect their wealth protect their families and and proactively reaching out to them definitely is is i think a key um a key a key show and tell of of caring about your customers and and listening to them i i, I really appreciate you saying that and talking about the customers um i i wanted to know we were very interested to learn whether you were also able to gauge somehow what the customers were thinking about the workforce working remotely or from home. Do you have any insight? Uh, were you able to track their reaction to to the distributed teams and, and whether they had any feedback on this? Um, I'll share a couple stories in terms of impact to customers. First, I think there were some areas where customers um, didn't know if the person that they were talking to was in a physical um, office location or a home location. For example, our entire um, uh, Toronto contact center team had the ability to be able to work from home. And we've had some people in our contact center facilities and we've had some answering calls and emails um, from home sites. They're still having great conversations with customers. They're delivering great service. And it's completely transparent to the customer what location they're in. And I think that's what's most important. It's about are we being productive? Are we meeting the customer's needs? Are we having those important conversations irrespective of where the employee is is sitting? Um, we also have um, uh, focused on moving our talent in the organization to help respond more quickly to customers. So for example, in the early stages of the pandemic in Canada and in the US, a huge focus was on delivery of customer relief programs in terms of supporting um, personal, small business and commercial clients. And we had to move an additional 600 people to help support those teams to make sure that we were getting those relief dollars to customers as quickly as possible. And this was really life-changing for those businesses. It could mean the difference between survival or not. And so our ability to mobile re mo mobilize resources across our organization quickly was um, very important and very valued. The letters, the emails, and the calls from our customers um, were unbelievably touching of how much they valued the outreach from their banker, but also the speed at which we got them the, um, the, uh, the customer relief programs. That's really, that's really, really interesting to hear and, and an aspect I, I haven't actually considered. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and one more thing that I wanted to, to ask you before we go to the last question is the the pandemic and the distributed teams, um, all of that is also changing a little bit the role, uh, or not necessarily the role of HR, but how um, HR and, and people managers can fulfill their role. And one of them 
is also building and maintaining the, the organizational culture. Uh, you gave us a little glimpse insight into some of the culture around the, the retirement uh, stories there, but, but how was it possible or how, how, what were the steps that BMO Financial Group has taken to ensure that the high level of engagement of the workforce and the loyalty and the, and the, and the culture that you have was able uh, to, to continue uh, when everybody was working remotely? BMO was building from um, a high engagement base before we were going into the pandemic. But as, as with any um, crisis or, um, or market disruption, I think it really tests an organization. And for me, that test became, are we acting in alignment with our purpose? And our purpose is boldly grow the good in business and life. This purpose really informs the work we do with our customers, with the community, but also with our employees. And it was really through the lens of the purpose that we thought about our pandemic response. And, um, and so when you think about, you know, growing the good in business and life, it meant recognizing employees, um, uh, full sense of demand. You know, business and life were absolutely colliding. We were working in our homes. We had our pets, our children. We had healthcare concerns. Uh, we still do. And all of these things were combining. And people felt such a strong obligation to um, be doing the important work that they were doing. But they also had so many additional demands on them. And so it was recognizing that and pivoting quickly in terms of the support that employees needed and um, and adapting and making sure that managers had tools to support their employees. And so I think it was um, uh, recognizing that, um, you know, while we're starting from a point of engagement, the, um, the situations that employees and managers found themselves in were, there was no playbook. This was completely new ground. And I think the, the strength of engagement and management that we had going in was, um, was foundational for how um, people reacted, how adaptable they were, and the creativity that we saw. But it also became a lens for us to realize that we needed to continue to innovate and come up with new ways of supporting employees. And, you know, a tangible example of this was rolling out our virtual health app to employees as a new benefit during the pandemic, the access to medical and mental health um, uh, practitioners and how important that was through the pandemic and um, rolling out and uh, increasing people's proficiency with technology tools because they needed to operate in ways that were new and different and they needed to be able to use new tools as quickly as, as possible. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a great, uh, a great really practical example that brings this whole concept of engagement to life. Every year, um, in alignment with our purpose, we do an employee giving campaign to raise money to give to our local communities. And, um, and it's employee led, it's leader led. And uh, usually it involves a lot of face-to-face -face kickoffs and meetings and, and events. 
And so um, when we launched it this year, we went out to employees and asked if people that have a talent with singing would come together and, um, and put together a song for the kickoff. And sure enough, we had hundreds of employees respond to the casting call. And we got an amazing ensemble of talent that put together the most moving song from their homes that was done beautifully. And it was a true expression of our culture, done remotely, emotionally connected, and was completely volunteer. And so it's just absolutely blown me away, the innovation, the humanity, and the um, the the theme for our employee giving campaign this year is together like never before. And I think that really sums it up that even though we're physically distanced, we're emotionally connected and we realize we have a common sense of purpose. And, um, and because people felt so personally connected to the importance of our ability to give because our communities around us are more at need now than they've ever been through the pandemic, that, um, that employees are really coming together in ways that um, that are touching and impactful. That's great. Uh, is there a way to 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 see or hear this song somewhere? It's uh, it's internal because uh, okay. it is a uh, it's uh, because of copyright of the lyrics. Unfortunately, we can't put it on social media. But uh, it's uh, it's a journey song. Don't stop believing, and uh, and I can tell you that uh, Bimo's got talent because it was fabulously done. Uh, you know, just by listening to you, I'm getting goosebumps because it reminds me of this energy, this creative solidarity energy that was around in the spring, you know, when the Paris uh, uh, National Orchestra was even performing from their homes remotely. And so I, I, I can sense definitely, and I'm sure listeners can also sense you know, the, the essence of, of what this was. So that's why I was asking, but of course I understand that this, this is not something you're, you're, you're able to share. So coming to the last question, um, which we always try to ask the same one here on the work life Hub podcast. Uh, may I ask you Mona, that if you could give one advice to an HR executive building on, on your experience, um, for somebody who is, you know, just considering to maybe using this opportunity, the pandemic as a test run, and then thinking about how to maybe continue with uh, teleworking, remote working in the longer term, what has been for you perhaps the biggest lesson learned or, or what is the one advice that you would definitely share with other uh, leaders out there? Well, I'm not sure if I can limit myself to just one, but how about three? <laughs> the first... Uh, That's fine. I have, I have guests who negotiate at this point. <laughs> the, the first would be the value of human connection has never been greater. We are socially distanced, but we need more human connection. We're really actually physically distanced, but we need more human connection. And, and I think this sense of human connectivity in the post-pandemic environment is really going to continue. We've recognized how much we value our social interaction, how much we miss it, 
And I think that um, that that's going to become an increasingly important point in the post-pandemic environment. As an HR leader, that means really ensuring that you're creating um, uh, opportunities to really have strong team effectiveness and bonds between team members, um, both at uh, a work productivity level, but also at a very human level and emotional level. Um, Next would really be, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs prevails (laughs) in the context of, um, you know, during the pandemic, what people really cared about was their health. You couldn't focus on other things until people knew that they were safe and healthy. Then if you're thinking about remote workers, they need tools that work. They need a space to work. And if they don't have the tools, if the technology is not working, if the internet's not reliable, then you're not going to get any productivity. And they're completely consumed with, um, with their, with their tools and not able to focus on the task. And so really making sure that the basics work is critically important and that people have the proficiency to use the tools in the ways that help them be um, be productive is extremely um, important. And this isn't just technology tools and workspace. It's also um, uh, personal productivity and human resilience. So this includes things about how to be resilient, mental health, how you think about making sure that you're not sitting all day, the ergonomics. We've thought about tips in terms of new ways of working, it's not just how do you use Microsoft Teams and how do you connect and hold a meeting virtually. It's also these other more social, emotional, um, and physical health aspects that need to be um, integrated in. And lastly, HR leaders should really view a transition to remote work or hybrid work as an opportunity for reinvention. You know, if I think about one of the most personal learnings I've had through COVID is that sometimes things that can feel like setbacks or disruptive are the kernels of true innovation. And I think really looking at what are the things we can learn through this that provide an opportunity for new ways of doing things where perhaps we had limited mindsets before. And I'll share a a very specific example. In our capital markets business, they hold annually market conferences with institutional investors and clients. And it's it's very important, they're market making events. And through COVID, they pivoted these events to be virtual. And they've had this virtual format resulted in a 26% jump in attendance from the prior year for our farm to market conference. And they were able to really um, connect buyers and sellers. They were still able to create a market making event um, in a virtual environment. It's really created a template for um, future BMO sponsored industry events. And, you know, I shared with you the, um, the ability for employees to motivate each other, whether it's through song or other mechanisms. And I just think there's there's lots of opportunity of what we can learn through this experience that we can really carry, um, carry forward. And I think lastly, from a business planning and strategy standpoint, it's really taught us that we need to be open as we think about um, scenario planning. Sometimes the future environment isn't known. 
and you need to stay open and plan for a few different scenarios and then adapt based on information that you're getting. And I think that's also been something that's been really important throughout um, throughout COVID. Well, thank you very much, Mona, for your time and being on the podcast and sharing your incredible wealth of experience and insight uh, in how you were uh, doing so far in, in the pandemic these last nine months, but also your vision and your actions on how you're going to continue. I'm sure that listeners were taking ample notes. Uh, I was definitely. So I just want to thank you again and wish you really the best of success uh, going forward. Thank, thank you very much for having me on the podcast and uh, really passionate about the, the, uh, the topic and, uh, and look forward to being in touch again. Take care and be safe. I'm sure you have taken notes and taken away so much insight from this conversation as I have. If you're interested in similar topics and similar podcasts, then I invite you to go on our website, worklifehub.com forward slash podcasts, where you will find 140 other episodes with great uh, guests, really great, interesting topics, which I'm sure can support you through this transitioning time to the new normal of the world of work and also in our lives. But you can also have um, access to our podcasts at all the major podcasting platforms from iTunes to Pocket Cast to Google Podcasts. So many thanks for listening in and hope to meet you at the next episode.